0: If you've ever done any public speaking, or if you've ever had to do a presentation at work or something like that, you'll know this principle that if you get the intro wrong, the whole thing kind of falls apart, right? Your intro, your opening has to be, has to be good, so that people will be on board with you for the rest of what you're about to say. Uh, I remember seeing a Trevor Hudson sermon. We used to, we watched them quite a bit in our men's breakfasts across the road, and we watched one, though, on Friday, and uh, afterwards we were sitting around the table, and Bill said to me, he said, Trevor has got the same formula when he preaches. Uh, he starts by convincing you that what he's about to say is the most important thing you'll ever hear. And then he unpacks it in three points. And I thought, that's true. It's a gift. It's really a gift that he has. The opening of his teaching is key. I'm sure you've, you've been here where you've watched a movie, and, and after five minutes you realize... This sucks. This is not for me. Or you've read a book, one, two chapters, and you think, this is not grabbing me, right? The, the opening is key for you to get into what's about to happen. Now, with that in mind, think about Jesus for a sec. Imagine Jesus uh, getting ready for his public ministry. As a young man, he's training to do the job he's been called to do. And then he turns 30, and it's now time for him to come onto the scene and give the world the good news. How's he going to open what's his opening bit going to be? You know, it could make or break his ministry. If he gets it wrong, people are going to say, ah, I'm not interested in that." what that guy has to say. Uh, he has to get it just right. Now you'd think that he'd come out of the gates with love your neighbor as yourself or uh, do unto others as you would have them do unto you or some of those classic teachings, the Beatitudes. Maybe he'll come out of the gates by saying, blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek. But instead... He does something totally different. Let's read in Mark chapter 1. Jesus' first words as he comes into the ministry. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee to start his ministry, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Fascinating to me that this is how he chose to open. Fascinating. We're doing a series uh, in the month of Feb entitled, Jesus Calls Us. Uh, We're going to look at the call to surrender, the call to serve, the call to witness. But first, first is the call to repent and believe the good news. That's Jesus' opening call to each one of us. And I don't think it was a mistake. I don't think it was a mistake that he did it this way. Um, I think you can't do the other things unless you've repented. You can't love people as you should unless you've repented. You can't love God as you should unless you've repented. You can't serve, you can't witness unless you've been through this first thing that Jesus calls us to do, which is to repent. And so let's explore what this call to repentance means today. Try to get to the bottom of what Jesus was saying. And firstly, uh, I wanna say that repentance is for all, it's for everyone. I have a friend whose father is not a Christian. Uh, My friend's a very dedicated Christian, And his dad, just not interested. And they had a talk once. My friend told me that his dad came to him and said, what's this Christian thing about? Um, Explain what Christianity is all about. So my friend said, well, the basic crux of our faith is that we aren't good enough to earn God's love, but there's a saviour who is. And so we repent and turn to our saviour, and our saviour makes us right with God, Jesus. And my friend's dad said, I don't believe that at all. And so that was the end of the conversation. Many people find themselves here. Many people think they don't need to repent. Many people think that the good in their lives has outweighed the bad. And so they're basically good people. You know, I haven't killed. I haven't raped. I haven't stolen. I haven't done anything really bad. And so I'm actually a decent human being. I have good motives for my life. I'm basically good. That's what so many people think. I don't need to repent because I'm basically good. But look at what Jesus said uh, to people who thought they were basically good in Luke 18. To some who were confident of their own righteousness or goodness and looked down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I'll give a tenth of all I have, all I get. But the tax collector, on the other hand, stood at a distance. He wouldn't even look up to heaven. He beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me as sinner. And then Jesus says, I tell you that this man, the tax collector, rather than the other, the Pharisee, went home justified before God for all those Who exalt themselves will be humbled. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. The Pharisee thought he was okay. He thought he was basically good. He thought since he does good works and he doesn't do any of the bad stuff, uh, he's okay with God. And so he came to God not repenting. But then came the working class tax man, and he repents. He asks for mercy. He sees himself as a sinner. He recognizes that even the good things in his life don't make him good enough in God's eyes. And he's the one who goes home with God's favor in the end because he came repenting. Maybe today you think, you know, I'm mostly good. I'm an okay person. I don't do anything bad. Or maybe you think I'm so bad that God will never pay any attention to me. Well, Jesus talks to us both and everybody in between saying, repent. Whether you're good or whether you're bad or whether you're ugly. Repent. In fact, look at, look at these words from Paul in Acts chapter 17. Uh, He said, in the past, God overlooked such ignorance about repentance. But now he commands all people everywhere to repent. So Jesus' call to repentance today is not just for a specific group, not just for people who've crossed over some sort of sin line and now they need to repent. Jesus' call is for all of us to repent today. So what does it mean to repent, I hear you asking? Is it just acknowledging that you're not the best person in the world Okay, say you decide to move to Durban. Why wouldn't you, of course? And uh, you jump in your car, you get your cosy, you get your towel, your sunblock, you get your road trip playlist ready, you got your e-tag or not, and you jump in your car and you hit the road, N1, and you start driving north. All right. And you drive and you drive. You can't wait to get to Cape Town. And you keep, I mean to Durban, and you keep going, and you keep going. Ah, oh, Cape Town in my brain. You want to get to Durban, but you're going north. And next thing you know, you're at the Zim border, and you say, oh, I, I can't wait to get to the beach, man, and you keep going north. You get through, you get into Central Africa. You, you, you're enjoying the journey. You think, I'm, I, something feels vaguely wrong, but I, you know, I'm on this road, I may as well keep going. And then one day you see a hitchhiker, and something about this guy just just does something to you. And so you pull over and this man says to you, what are you doing? You're on the wrong road. You can't be driving this road. If you carry on this, on this road, you're going to end up in the wrong place. There's bad stuff at the end of this road. <clears throat> you don't want to be going here. You want to be going south. <laughs> you want to be going to that place where good things happen. And all of a sudden it hits you. And you go, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I'm on the wrong road. Right? Thank you, sir. Thank you, for, thank you for telling me the good news. Thank you for showing me my mistake. Oh, what have I done? Thank you very much. Now, are you going to jump back in your car and keep driving north? Of course not. But so many of us do this in our spiritual lives. We come to this point, we realize that God loves us. We realize that he's saying to us, you know what, this road is not the road you should be on, but I've got something better for you if you go where you're supposed to be going. And we confess, we say, Lord, I'm I'm so sorry I've been on this wrong road. And then we jump back in and we carry on doing the wrong things. We confess, but we don't repent. There's a difference. Confession is admitting that you've been on the wrong road. Repentance is turning around and going the way that he's told you to go. In fact, the Greek word that is translated as repent in English is the word metanoio. I don't know if I've got that right. Metanoio. Meta, rather, means a change or a movement. Noio refers to your mind, your thoughts, your perceptions, the way you do things, the way you understand things. Repent means change the way you are doing things. In fact, I like a modern translation of the Bible, wherever it says repent, in the original text, this modern translation, God's word translation, says change the way you think and act. Repenting is not just acknowledging your sin, it's renouncing it. In fact, Peter in the book of Acts says this to the Jewish leaders, repent then and turn to God, turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Turn to God. Right? Somebody once said, remorse is being sorry. Repentance is being sorry enough to stop. And so how are you doing? Driving your road. Maybe you have this vague idea that you're on the wrong road. Maybe you know for sure that you're on the wrong road. Maybe you know you should be doing things differently, but you confess to God, but you never actually do the change. Jesus calls you today. Not just to remorse, but to repent, to be sorry enough to offer him your whole life and to turn away from the things that are destroying you. But the danger of this type of talk so far is that perhaps it comes across as very moralistic. You know, I remember those street preachers with this sort of cardboard thing over them with a megaphone that say, Repent, turn from your sins, or die. Right? I feel like. You know, Maybe I'm preaching a kind of scolding moralistic sermon this morning and that's not what I want to do. That was not the Jesus way. Let me tell you that this repentance thing goes far deeper than just a change of outward behavior. Anybody can change their behavior and become a more moral person. In fact, within most human beings is the strength of will to change your lifestyle. You don't need God to do it. It helps, of course, but atheists, agnostics, people who are not interested in God at all, have managed to change their behavior if they want to enough. It's within us. So what on earth is going on here? Is, it, is Jesus saying, just turn your behavior around, but, but then we don't need him to do that? What, what's, what's the deal? He has the truth. Jesus' call for us to repent is not simply to be a more moral person, but it's about a change of heart. It's about a deeper, greater love for God. You see, the Pharisees were very moral people. The Pharisees were extremely moral people, in fact. They kept all the rules, they did all the right things. They were upstanding citizens because they were morally upstanding. And yet, Jesus didn't like them. Look at what Jesus said to the Pharisees in Matthew 23 Woe to you, teachers of the law and the Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs which look beautiful on the outside but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Their morals were great. Outside, they looked pure. They looked holy. They looked generous. But their hearts were still proud and dark and, in fact, far from God. Jesus came saying, not just not just do better in your morals. Jesus came saying there's a better way to do life. There's a life of service that is not about duty. There's a life of worship that is not based on religious piety. There's a life of goodness not based on morals, but on closeness to God. Jesus calls us not just to turn our car around and drive off and leave him behind. He calls us to invite him in. And to say, come and drive with me, Lord. To go on a great road trip with Jesus in your car. That is what repenting is. It's not just turning your morals around. It's having Jesus in your car so that he can show you where he wants you to go. Because it's only in him that we find our deepest joys fulfilled. And then, out of a newfound love for Jesus, our morals automatically change. Don't get this mixed up, friends. Don't come here thinking, if I fix my morals, I'll be right with God. Come here thinking, if I can love God deeper, if I can delight in God deeper, if I can get to know this God and love him with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength, then, out of that love, I will become a more moral person. Look into your heart today, friends. What you and I need is not just a change of behavior, but a change of heart that our wayward hearts would become more connected to God. And so will you give him your heart today? Will you give him your everything? Will you count Jesus as your greatest treasure in your life? Would you count your relationship with God as the deepest, most important part of your existence? Will you see his worth and his wonder and his forgiveness and his love for you as the highest ideal in your life? Because when you have given him your heart, you will find that you want to live for him. And out of that love for him, your old habits will slowly be changed. That's what repentance is, friends. Loving Jesus in a deeper way. Lastly, let me suggest that repentance isn't just a once-off, but it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. You know, we have this picture in our minds of of the one time we repent. We repent when we meet God and when Jesus kind of reveals himself to us and we repent, we change our ways, and then that's it. Our repenting is done for our life. And that's certainly not right. Uh, a man named John Blanchard got it right when he said, the Christian who has stopped repenting has stopped growing. As we drive along the road with Jesus, to return to my driving metaphor, um, there's all these little paths that go off, right? You're driving your road with him there, and then you find yourself just wanting to go explore down that little road. You're not turning the car around and running away from him, but you're just kind of drifting away from where he says. And you have to come back onto his road. You have to repent kind of time and time again for all these little ways that you drift. A horrible word here about somebody. Uh, a thought that you shouldn't have here. Uh, an action that hurt somebody here. And we have to repent and come back to the road that he's on. And can I say this? That this lifestyle is best lived with friends. (laughs) This repentance thing, we love for it just to be between us and God so that we don't shame ourselves in front of other people, right? But man, the road trip is so much better with friends in the back. You, Jesus, and some friends in the back. Man, they can help you to say, you know what? You're off on that road. Let me... Why don't you just go back to the road that Jesus wants you to be on? In fact, I think that's where the Catholic Church's model of confession is really good. Because it gives you somebody to offload to and to journey with you uh, and to be honest with. Find somebody, would you, to be honest with, to journey with, to confess to, to repent to, so that you don't just do this thing by yourself. It's a whole lot easier if you have friends on the back seats so, friends, repent. Give your heart to God. Do it often. Don't do it alone. Did Jesus get it right, do you think? Did he get right in uh, starting his ministry with these words? Would it have been better if he left it for later? I don't think so. I think he knew the human heart. And he knew that when we turn to him first, the other things come out of that. He knew that we need to turn around once in a while and grow in our love for Him. Maybe today's your day. Maybe today you've come with stuff in your heart that doesn't belong there. Maybe you're arrogant. Maybe you're proud. Maybe you're addicted. Maybe you're uncommitted. Maybe you look great on the outside, right? Whitewashed tomb. You look beautiful to the people around you because you do good things. But when you go into your quiet place, there's stuff there that you know shouldn't be there. Maybe today is your time to repent. Here's the good news. Jesus isn't just waiting for you to repent so he can whack you. He isn't just waiting for you to repent so that he can point at you and laugh and say, look what you've been doing. The exact opposite. He loves you. He's waiting for you to repent so that he can say, my child, I I have a better journey for you. Let's do this journey together. He's longing for you to turn from these things so that you can live life in all its fullness with him by your side. There's forgiveness on the other side of repentance every time. And so perhaps you'd like to pray this prayer of repentance with me in your heart as we close. Come, let's pray. Oh Lord, how far I've wandered. Oh Lord, my heart has been so far from you I've been on the wrong roads. I've been doing things and saying things and thinking things, not of you, O God. I haven't lived the life of goodness and love you've called me to. O Lord, I come today confessing, and I come repenting of these things. I want to turn around, Lord. I want to turn away from these sins. I want to turn away from these bad roads and drive the journey with you. In the right direction. And so, oh God, forgive me, please. Forgive me for those wrong roads and those wrong paths. Change my heart. Lord Jesus, be the deepest treasure of my heart. Nothing compares to the joy of being your friend. Nothing compares to the joy of being your child, O oh God. Only you can take this heart and purify it today. And so I repent, Lord, and I commit myself to you once more. Help me on the road to recovery. Help me on the road to full life that honors you. And journey with me, I pray, O God. Make me whole as I give myself to you now. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Amen. Amen.